It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome into another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders. And that, what you just heard, was a 15-second version of the best intro that you could ever possibly hear. Uh, If you were here for Thursday's live stream, we're hitting 10,000 YouTube subscribers. You got to hear the full, uh, what is it, like two around two minutes version of that, Alan, something like that. But uh, it was a great live stream. Shout out to everybody that was part of that. Really enjoyed doing that. Uh, Alan, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's going back in the Disney vault. I don't know. You're probably too young to know what that is. But like when you were my age, Disney movies, instead of like streaming and being forever available, they would like say like, hey, we're going to sell Cinderella for like six weeks and then never again. So if you don't buy it in these six weeks, screw you. And they'd put it back in the Disney vault. That was their advertising. You did unlock a memory. So like I was very young, but I do remember like watching the old Disney movies and like the video that I can picture with like the vault opening and showing that that was going to be a thing. Like that's what I'm picturing right now. It's an Um, interesting uh, sales strategy there, you know, going with the scarce uh maybe that's what we'll do here maybe we'll make it we'll just we'll just only break out the full version of the song for big events just makes it feel more important there's actually a um a place by me are you familiar with uh hanks in beaver county Uh, i know of it just because i worked for the beaver county times and it's like semi-legendary but i've never i don't think i've ever been there so like yeah their thing is they shut down for a few months so then like everybody's really anticipating it reopening when they do in march so like yeah. from November through February, they're closed. So then it builds anticipation. Yeah, I, uh, I guess the same concept is like the McRib, right? Like if the McRib was mm-hmm. always on the McDonald's menu, no one would ever order it because it's terrible. But because it's there for a limited time only, you got to go get it. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, we're absolutely. way off topic already, and I love it. We are way off topic. And in my head, I was trying to think, okay, how am I going to bring this back to Dan Moore getting first-team reps at left tackle? Um, but that's where I want to start this conversation today. I feel like that's kind of where the headline is. Uh, if you're a Steelers fan and you were on X and you saw that get dropped, that Dan Moore was taking first-team reps at left tackle, uh, you know, everybody's quotes. I was looking at Nick's quote tweets of that and stuff. It, they were on fire. Alan, what in the world is going on? I just thought Broderick Jones was had this left tackle spot down for good. I did too, man. I don't really get it. I think he played, you know, look, did he face the guys that Moore faced in the first three weeks of the season? No. Jadavian Clowney is okay, good, but not clearly not of the caliber of those guys the first three weeks. But I thought Broderick was more than good enough to continue to deserve that playing time. I don't really understand this decision. Um, I don't think it makes the team better. I, I don't know. I'm I'm a little I'm a little at a loss for what's going on here. I really uh, thought strongly that we would see Broderick keep that spot after Moore came back, and I, you know, Moore's barely been good enough. In general, I don't know. Guy coming off a knee injury, like that's I, I don't know. I, I normally I'm the guy who like sees the emotional reaction that the fans are having and is like, yeah, I can explain what's really going on here. Don't worry, guys. And I'm, yeah, I don't know that well, I have those for this one. That's kind of what I was hoping would happen. I thought you would be like, listen, Smitty, like it's the Monday of the bye week. It's basically an extra practice. They're just like getting him back in there, getting him acclimated, and this isn't going to be a thing. But uh, 
I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Either way, like with the way that Steelers fan base is, you knew even if that was going to be the case, like this would be the reaction. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're questioning it, then now I'm like my meter's gone up a little bit more than even where it was at before we started recording. So, yeah, I just uh, I I don't know. I don't see it. I, I think you know Jones is the future of the position, and and really like the bonus practice today. Like that's when you want to get young guys. Like this would have been the practice that Broderick Jones should have been working with the first team, even if Dan Moore was yeah, still okay. starting. You know, and so I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, you know, if he's going to start, he needs those reps. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. I, I don't know. I. This is the like. The, and here's the other thing: is that there was good reasoning behind not starting Broderick Jones to tackle to begin the season. One, Dan Moore was a better player all off season. Anyone that tells you otherwise just wasn't paying close enough attention. Dan Moore won that job, legit, fair and square. Okay. Two, the difficulty of the assignment at the beginning of the season was significant. Having guys like Bosa and Garrett and Crosby in the first three weeks, you want the more experienced player, the guy who's played against them, the guy who's had a lot of success against Miles Garrett. You want Dan Moore out there in those circumstances. All that made sense. It was good process. Okay. This stretch, if you're talking about now, they didn't have a choice to play against the Ravens, but if you were looking at from the very beginning of the year, where should the Steelers try to be inserting Broderick Jones into the lineup? Well, you got to buy, so you get extra practices. And then you have the Rams, the Jaguars, and the Tennessee Titans. And the only reason I can name you an edge rusher on any of those teams is because I covered Rashad Weaver at Pitt. Like, that is not a strong group of edge rushers right now. Like, they are not. It is just not a – this should be a three-week easing into the – the, the position period for brother Jones. And I can't fathom why they would turn that away. Do you think, and you know, I maybe getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here, but of course, like being the fan perspective here, I feel like I should bring this up. Does something like this, do you think it's possible to stunt the growth of a player like Broderick Jones? Like with, with an ascending player like him, just had a really good week against the Ravens. You got a bye week here. Now you're putting him back on the bench. Like in terms of the process that we just talked about, what do you think about that? No, I mean, I don't, I don't think it'll hurt him. I just don't understand it. Uh, I, I guess is is what I would say. Like it's not going to hurt. Uh, I just don't. I don't think it's the thing that is the best for the team. It doesn't make sense to me. And um, yeah, I, I really don't get it. It's a, it's like, I think there would still be people that were like, let's not even turn back to Dan Moore, even if Roger Jones went out there and didn't have the best performance, just because they would say, let him take his lumps. You know, this is how he's going to grow as a player and stuff. But he played well in this game, too. Like, that's the thing. It's not even like he played poorly and you're thinking this is a rookie player that took his lumps. This is going to happen with rookie tackles. He played well. So it just seems odd to then kind of revert back to that and go back to a guy that's been below average for them so far at that position this year when he has been healthy yeah and and really like the pass protection was the thing that you thought might be an issue for jones and mm -hmm. i thought he was okay there was one he gave up one bad inside pressure which you can't do um but man like i thought he was good enough to keep playing i said that on this show that i thought he was good enough to keep playing and that i i didn't think dan moore would get his job back i i really the only thing i can think of 
And we didn't talk to Broderick Jones today, so maybe this is still out there. Maybe he got nicked up a little bit. That that's that's if you if you're looking for like a rational reason for this that makes sense to me, that's the only one I've got. Is that maybe he got nicked up a little bit. They just wanted to take it easy on him today. That's all I got. Right. And, you know, something like that. Maybe we find out tomorrow. We'll find out more, I guess, as the week progresses and we'll see how well, those I'm sure reps... it'll be like number two question to Mike Tomlin. Yeah. Who's your starting left tackle? Like it, it has to be at this point. And, you know, the Steelers don't have to release an injury report for today. So, like, if he had been limited in practice, I can only tell you what I was able to get confirmed by a player. So, even if I saw what Broderick Jones did at practice because I didn't talk to him, I can't say and they're not going to release an injury report today because it's not an official practice day so maybe don't totally overreact until wednesday or till tomlin talks tomorrow but mm-hmm. i'm very confused by this let's just say that yeah uh, well i think that you're kind of in lockstep with pretty much everybody else then in in, in that um but we uh we were joking around before we started recording and we said that we appreciated the Steelers for doing this to give us a topic to kick off the show. Just a nice little headline there for the yeah, for us to good. talk about. Yeah, good content. Um just chucking is- raw meat into the tiger's cage. That's all we're doing. <laughs> exactly. It's very, it's very appreciated from from a media perspective. Um, this is only a conversation uh, because of Dan Moore returning from injury. There's several players that are returning from injury. We had heard from there's Deontay also Johnson. good injury news. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. There is good injury news. Deontay Johnson mentioned prior to the bye week that he was targeting the state to come back. Him and Anthony McFarland both had those window 21 day windows opened up today. And then uh, Pat Fryermuth, who I fully expected to not even have be part of the possible equation here. Like, I thought, man, we're looking at maybe the Jags game for him to return from a hamstring injury. And I know that there's varying degrees of hamstring injuries, right? But especially with, you know, Deontay dealing with the hamstring injury and seeing how much time he missed, those things are very tricky. So I just assumed he'll miss the Ravens game. We got the bye week, probably miss the Rams game. Maybe he comes back for that Jags game. But this dude's talking like he's playing. And then the Marvin Leal clearing concussion protocol as well. So, yeah, some good injury news for the Steelers as well. Yeah, uh, hamstring problems have been going around, right? You got uh, Deontay, mm-hmm. you got Primus, you got Presley Harvin, who, by the way, said he is yet to punt a football, even though they cut Brad Wing last week. Oh, it's a little weird okay. throwing that out there. Hmm. Um, is they're very confident in him coming back or nobody <laughs> else picking up Brad Wing, one or the other. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's a there's a good chance I think you're gonna see Demarvin Leal play this week. Uh, he's clear from the concussion protocol. I he might even start. And I, I would expect uh, it to be a big. I would not expect it to be a big base defense kind of game. The Rams are gonna play a ton of eleven personnel with those three receivers. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that you're gonna see a ton of base defense, which I think is Leal's best position is end in base. But we'll see how much he's used. Um, Frymuth. I don't know, man. Uh, I was with you. I was kind of writing him off for this week. He was very insistent he's coming back. I will say this about hamstrings, and you can really apply this to all three of those guys, is that it doesn't really matter how you feel today. There's like all it takes is one-tenth of a second between now and that game, and you you just feel something, and then you're back out. Like you can be feeling good and feeling like you're going to play, and then Friday comes, and you're like, yeah, not playing. You know, And so uh, especially it's cold 
right? Like, I mean, it's, it's, this is really the first time these guys have been practicing in 40 degree temperatures. This is when you pull your hamstring anyway, when you're healthy, let alone when you're trying to come back from an injury. And so uh, we'll see about that. I, I don't know if I were to rank the, my, here's who I think is going to play Anthony McFarlane. Number one, he's in, I'm, I'm very confident about that. Sure. Seems like Deontay Johnson is going to play. Uh, and then more Fryermuth. I don't know. We'll see. I, I still don't understand, you know, why they would play more even if he is healthy. But again, coming back from a knee sprain, just one practice. Don't even know if he was a full participant in practice. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Leal is going to play. Uh, and then Harvin. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know how he can, I don't know how he can feel confident if he hasn't even kicked the football yet. We'll see. Right. Well, I didn't know that prior to this. And now I'm just thinking like, what was the reason that they cut bait with wing when they did that? Like, why not see how Presley was feeling this week? I guess just to not take up a practice squad spot with a guy that you don't need to watch punt. If they were even like, I'm not even sure they did any special teams. Mm. Like I bet Boswell hasn't kicked either. Like it just doesn't matter. Like if if you have a punter on the roster or not, I guess, unless you're, unless you're worried that somebody else is going to snag him, I guess is, is all that there is. Yeah. I actually, I wanted to bring up something I didn't have on here, but as we were talking, I thought of it because it just came out today Um, on the other side for the Rams, Kyron Williams, not going to play in this game and their backup running back is going to miss four or five weeks. So curious to see how the Rams do there, but Kyron Williams just had like 150 on the ground in this game, like all of that pretty much coming in the second half, their most recent game. So that would be uh, pretty significant on the other side for them as well. Yeah, I think so. Uh, It's, it's interesting. Um, They've done a really good job of absorbing the loss of offensive personnel and and keeping that offense going. Um, but Karen and Karen Williams himself was not like supposed to be some kind of great running, but like this will really be the test of like is it just the scheme or you know what I mean? Like, because I don't think anybody came into the season predicting Kyron Williams to be some kind of difference maker for the Rams, and then he has been, and now that he's out. Will the next guy be or or won't he be? You know, I think that's an interesting question. Um, probably not the big th- thing. Like you guys, you got to find a way to slow down the passing scheme first and foremost. That they're they're mm-hmm. a passing team first and a running team second, and their three sort of interchangeable receivers in Cup Atwell and Nakua are definitely going to be the big challenge this week, and not really so much who's running the ball, but. Uh, you take them as you can get them, and the Steelers' run defense can certainly use the help. Ranked 29th in rushing yards per game against. Uh, that's not good. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Cooper Cup, man, he just picked right back up. You you wondered, like, dealing with another injury hasn't been the healthiest play over the last couple of seasons since his ridiculous 2021, and he has just picked right back up with Matthew Stafford, who, again, another guy that I was really questioning how he was going to come back from his injury, too. Yeah, Stafford's looked really good. I mean, he's not a guy that I thought a lot of coming into this year because of the elbow and whether his arm was healthy and that kind of thing. But, you know, this has been a team that's been positively surprising, I think. Um, Will be certainly a really strong test for the Steelers coming out of the bye here. Yeah. Um, Speaking of that, even though the Steelers were on a bye, at least from a fan perspective, uh, yesterday couldn't have gone worse for a team that wasn't playing. Like, Baltimore wins early. It starts early in the morning too. Baltimore playing 9:30 a.m. Eastern in London, getting a win over the Titans. San Fran drops one to Cleveland with PJ Walker starting at quarterback for the Browns. 
And then Cincinnati holds on against Seattle as well. And also, like, look outside of the division. Also, any AFC versus NFC matchup also ended in an AFC victory. Like, everything that the Steelers could have wanted to happen did not happen. None of it. Well, I'll tell you what. From a beat writer perspective, I watched 14 hours of football yesterday. And so that went about as good as it could have possibly gone for me. Is that it was mostly just football. I did some writing. I made soup. You made soup. We both made yeah, what? soup yesterday. <laughs> it was a soup. It's soup season. It's a it soupy soup kind season. of feel. Uh, I made chicken tortilla. It was very good. Uh, first time I made that recipe. Solid. I'll go back to it. Uh, I really enjoyed just watching the football. But, uh, yeah, not good for the Steelers. They didn't get any help. And I also think, you know, they didn't. Like, if you really want to sit there and and – and you know, comparison is the thief of joy. But uh, if you look at what the Browns did against the 49ers with a backup quarterback, and then you look at what the Steelers did against the 49ers with a starting quarterback, and you kind of mm, like that, that's not looking very promising, right? Like that Cleveland team, they are, despite spending more money than any other team in the league on the quarterback position, they appear to be a quarterback away from being the best team in the league. <laughs> yeah i mean that that defense is insane between them and the jets i don't know who i was more impressed with defensively just because san fran now limiting san fran the way that cleveland did obviously very impressive but when they lose cmc when they lose debo samuel uh trent williams ended up being able to play in that game but he was dealing with an injury early on too um some of those other pieces that they were missing um and then you look at the jets neutralizing philly with Lane Johnson got hurt in that game, obviously. Which of those two were you more impressed with defensively, the Browns or the Jets? I kind of thought the Eagles like kicked that game away more than the Jets just won it. I feel like the Browns just beat the 49ers. Like, yeah. I mean, I have Brock yeah. Purdy on my fantasy team. I'm watching that game like, man, he can't do anything. Like, I, it was just bad. Like, I, the, 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 40, uh, the Eagles made mistakes. I just feel like the, the 49ers got whooped and uh and and that's that's a really good defense. Uh they're playing without without Deshaun Watson, they're playing without Nick Chubb, they're putting up points on the 49ers defense. And that's a uh it's a pretty good team. On on one hand, not good that a team in your division looks that good. On the other hand, the Steelers beat them. So uh, you know, they have that going for them. Yeah, yeah, and they beat Baltimore, if you're looking at defensive EPA, those are number one and two in the entire league are Baltimore and Cleveland. So, or Cleveland, then Baltimore, one and two. Um, <clears throat> yeah, very impressed by what they've done, especially defensively by what they've done. Um, Cincinnati, Seattle, what were your takeaways from that one? I mean, were you, so if you looked at Seattle was able to move the ball, but then they got into the red zone and weren't able to do anything. Is, is that more a product, do you think, of Cincinnati's red zone defense or was that Seattle's red zone offense? I think Seattle just isn't that good, and Cincinnati is. Like, Burrow was hurt. We know how much Burrow means to that team. I think he's healthy now. Like, I just that's that's where I'm at with it. Like, there's still T Higgins is still banged up. Um, you know, they're not like fully at a hundred percent, but uh, I would not be picking. You know, the the Bengals are not like oh they're they're behind everybody else, and they're not like they're in the rearview mirror, man. Now they have a tough schedule. They play, they play the Bills, the 49ers, and the Chiefs still, I think. Like they they've they've got they've got a very difficult schedule. But mm-hmm. man, like they, they're they're 
They're going to be coming too. We talked about this division. I really thought before the season, when we talked about this division, that Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Baltimore were close, and Cincinnati was a step ahead. Cincinnati loses Burrow for the early part of the season, or at least uh, loses the effectiveness of Burrow, takes a step back. And now I feel like you have four very evenly matched teams. Like, I, I swear to God, four-way tie at nine and eight for the AFC North title. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and I'm adding another blood pressure medication. I think that's what we decided at the beginning of the year. And, I, and the I thing is... It's happening. Like, it's... It's with all Cincinnati, right the thing is too, like no one was able to jump out to that like super hot start. You know, like no one got to five and one to really put them in the rear view. Baltimore is leading at four and two, but no one like created much of a gap while Cincinnati was down. And I'll be honest, like Baltimore has kind of looked is Baltimore's in first place. And you can make a very good argument that like, okay, Cleveland's been playing without Deshaun, playing without Chubb. Uh, they're going to get Watson back at some point. Uh, they'll get healthier. Burrow was uh, hurt. Cincinnati was was sidetracked by that. Uh, you know, the Steelers and the Ravens are in first and second place. And you could make a very good argument that I feel better about the Browns and the Bengals' chances of being great by the end of the season than I do either Pittsburgh or Baltimore. Like, I think the bottom two teams are going to – like I have more reasons to think they're going to get better than I do the Steelers and the Ravens. Yeah, I agree. Especially, I mean, I, I feel like Cincinnati looks like they're pretty much all the way back. So I definitely agree there with Cleveland. It's it's just still a question mark about the quarterback play that they're going yeah. to get, even when Deshaun does come back, whenever that might be. So I feel really good about Cincinnati, which makes me feel really bad. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at with that one. Um, I wanted to ask, well, we're talking about what could really hamper the Steelers is that offense, uh, Diana Rossini reporting that there will be no change to Matt Canada's status as the offensive coordinator, which means he won't be fired, but also like put away the idea of somebody else taking over play calling duties in season as well. Um, this is a report that we kind of already knew, right? But I guess just yeah, somebody on a national just... level putting it out there. I... Yeah, I I read the thing and I was like, do we like no shit? <laughs> like, I don't, I gotta, I gotta, you know, I sometimes you get scooped and sometimes people write things that you're like, yeah, we've known that since July. I don't know. Like, thank you. I like the Steelers don't, they have never fired a coordinator in season. In fact, I don't even think they've ever fired an, a position coach in it's very, very rare. Um, there was one coordinator that got relieved of their duties before the last week of the uh, Ray Sherman was relieved of his play calling mm -hmm. duties the, the week 17. Like they're not making a change while they're still in it. And we just talked for 10 minutes about how they're still in it and how close the division is. Like I wrote a long story at SteelersNow.com last week about what happens to teams when they fire their offensive coordinator. And the, the biggest takeaway was the team gets worse after they fire their offensive coordinator, they score a couple more points. Uh, they gain a little bit fewer yards, but the winning percentage is worse for teams after firing their offensive coordinator than before. That's every team over the last seven years. Also, no one has hired an external replacement for offensive coordinator. So you're stuck with the guys you got. I don't think that Mike Sullivan is a better option. Uh, I don't think I expect people to be pleased with the Steelers, uh, offense the way, the way things are going i think people should be happy about it um i was talking to uh jeff hartman on the let's ride podcast uh this morning mm -hmm. well i was talking to him yesterday but the podcast came out this morning and i made this analogy i want to hear your thoughts on this like, if 
firing Matt Canada right now would sort of be like if you're running a marathon and the 10th mile, you make the decision in your head, like, I absolutely have to buy new shoes. Like, I, I cannot go farther with these shoes. Like, they're just killing me. Do you take them off and run the rest of the race barefoot at that point? Like, that's that's not it. Like, that's like you're stuck hmm. with what yeah. you got right now. Like, you can't get better in this very moment unless your marathon route happens to go right past the Dick Sporting Goods. Like you're stuck, <laughs> you're just stuck with what you have, and it's it's a bad situation. But there's just no good way out of it, no matter how angry or mad at your feet you are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of another analogy right now. For me personally, I would have never have gone into the marathon. I go with... oh, same. Running is torture, and and I it, it's a I, no none. Yeah. Well, the way that I'm the way I'm putting well, me physically, I wouldn't run a marathon either. But like even using this analogy, oh yeah, what I'm saying Don't is I wouldn't have started the season yeah. with Matt Canada. Yeah. Or at the very least, give yourself a better option. Like where was the like the idea to keep Matt Canada had some good points, but there were also a lot of good reasons to not. And if you go into a season with a guy with a lot of good reasons to not keep him, you should probably give yourself a better plan B than what the Steelers have. Like, you know, it's funny is like, if you go on Twitter X, whatever, and you see people like, Oh, I'm going to spout off ideas, random ideas. Like this guy could be a coach. This guy could be a coach. Most of the time that guy's currently employed by another NFL team and some sort of BS consultant, analyst senior I was like oh maybe the Steelers are bringing in John Gruden no he's working for the Saints so they're not going to bring in John Gruden oh maybe the Steelers mm-hmm. would bring in Jim Caldwell oh, he's work I forget where he is but he's working for someone right Carolina Carolina yeah, yeah okay maybe the Steelers bring in Cliff Kingsbury no he's working at UFC like where's the guy that's working for the Steelers you don't get the guy now you get you do what all those teams did and you get the guy in the offseason so that when you want to fire your coach on October 15th you have an alternative. Like this was a clear failure from the Steelers to add, add to that coaching staff. We saw the tangible benefit of adding Terrell Austin to Keith Butler, of adding Brian Flores to Terrell Austin. Then Flores leaves. Look, that's part of the business. You're going to lose these guys. Why didn't they replace Flores on defense? Why didn't they do the same thing on offense? It's it was stare that their own success was staring them in the face, and they didn't do it. I don't know, man. I just. Uh, that's the failure here more than anything mm-hmm. else. You could argue for or against keeping Canada you uh, before the season. You could argue for or against keeping Canada right now. I've yet to hear any reasonable argument for not giving themselves a better option ahead of time other than cheapness and laziness, and I'm not accepting those. I, I 100% agree. I mean, we've had that same conversation. I, if we haven't had it, I've had it with like 10 other people and probably five times on around the 412. It's just, yeah, the failure was done prior to the season starting, and there's not really much you can do about it now. Yeah, there really isn't. Like, there's nothing they can do other than try to make improvements within the system. Like, it is it is what it is. Like, there's no – unless they get to a point where the season is just sideways and they're out of yeah. it and you want to give somebody else a chance, that's fine. But that, that we should not have any expectation that that would be better. It probably would not. You know, and yeah. I uh, – it is what it is. Like there's, there's no way around it. Like they're, they're stuck. Um, 
I want to end off the episode with a YouTube comment, and this is based off a conversation Nick and I actually had on Friday, where uh, this time of year, and especially like on the bye week, you knew like trade stuff was going to start ramping up with the deadline being on the 31st of this month. And Nick actually, interestingly enough, like I was thinking corner as a spot for this team to add to first and foremost, but he brought up safety and uh, that Thomas Brocious, who is a, uh, a ball knower for sure. We've given him the ball knower award before. First off, he knows how to do it. This is why I listen to you guys every day. The question and answer format just lets Alan and Nick drop dimes. That perimeter defense was worth the price of admission. If there is a price of admission, well, there's not like, and subscribe totally free here on YouTube. Um, but basically he says, um, do you think that a new strong safety would help with a perimeter defense? I think of strong safeties uh, inside more than outside. Obviously, better tackling from the corners would be the best possible upgrade, but that seems less affordable in season. Do you think a new safety just keeps them from being exploited in the passing game as they adjust to perimeter runs? Hmm. There's a lot there. I don't think the Steelers' safety play has been a personnel problem. I think it's been a scheme problem. I don't think I've, I'm not seeing guys just like missing assignments and getting torched. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, the only way I see a safety helping is if they just decide they're going to move Minka Fitzpatrick to cornerback, which like he's playing there a lot anyway. So maybe but that's really the only way I see them needing another safety. I certainly think they could add to corner. I mean, if they really want to yeah. go. I mean, everybody's wanted to talk about Patrick Sertan and maybe you and I could take like a whole episode here and like talk about what that would actually take, whether it's realistic, whether it would be worth it, even if it is realistic. Um, but like there are, look, Levi Wallace and Patrick Peterson have not played very well. You can upgrade that room without spending multiple first round picks. Like, and Desmond King and James Pierre have a combined one snap. So you've got like roster spots you could work with that you're not going to hurt yourself by cutting a guy loose. Like I, I don't know. I think, and I think corner has been the far bigger problem than safety. So uh, I might disagree with Nick there. I think I would look to the outside more than I would look to safety. Uh, they definitely like if they could find a strong safety that could do all of the jobs and not have to mix and match personnel, like a true compliment to Minka Fitzpatrick, that would be great. The problem is those guys are usually expensive, and I don't really know that safety is where you want to tie up boatloads of cap space. It would be better to right. just draft that guy. Like that's, that's what they need. They need to draft, you know, Terrell Edmonds over again, except maybe get a guy who's a little bit better this time. Like, but that's, but, that's what they're looking for. Right. They don't, I don't really think they need some sort of piecemeal addition to their safety room. The name that keeps coming to mind for me is Jeremy Chin playing on the 0-6 Carolina Panthers. But the question is, he will be a free agent at the end of the season. What does that look like in terms of a, a, a payday for him? I don't know. I don't know how expensive he's going to be or what he's looking for. But that's a guy that also can drop into the box. He's played some center field for them. He can play like a linebacker at times. Like he did a lot of different jobs for that Carolina defense. So I don't I mean, know. There's a lot of similarities between him and Keanu Neal, though. I mean, like they're not that there is, yeah. of a player. Like, I mean, maybe Chin's a little bit better. But I was probably not a lot better. Like that just feels like more of the same to me. That was one of my guys during that draft. So I've, I'm always going to be attached to him, though. So I, I have no attachment to Keanu Neal other than he plays for the Steelers right now. Nice, <laughs> All right. Um, but we appreciate the, the comments, Thomas. And, the, and the flattery. That is number yeah. one way to get your, your stuff read here. 
I hope that people are, are starting to pick up on that because that's how it. you get the comments read. Um, so continue to do that. Always start off by saying how great we both are or how much you love the show. Something Handsome. like that. Yeah, whatever you got. Like, I'm, it's fine. The two best looking podcast hosts doing Pittsburgh sports, anything. Yeah, I'm just absolutely. giving suggestions now at this point, but anything along those lines. Yeah. I'll tell the people they can find you. At A Saunders underscore PGH on X at PGH Steelers Now is the site's account. SteelersNow.com. Read the word so I can get paid. Big stuff like that. Coordinator story is SN Plus subscribers only use my promo code Allen10. Get yourself 10% off and uh, it's well worth it. And that's it. That's did everyone, did we have everybody? No, we do need a couple okay. people okay. Uh, to get into. If you won something in the giveaway day on Thursday and you've not been in touch with me, say so yeah, I talked to Zach, I talked to Daryl, I talked to uh, Doug and Joel and Monongahela Mike and Jamie. So I think okay. maybe just our socks winners and PHX Splash. Okay, uh, so not Tristan. Tristan Stone four two seven to Shaker X three hundred and yeah Phoenix Splash yeah that's who we yeah. need to hear from get in, get in touch with me uh, Twitter DM or email Saunders at one four Saunders one four zero seven at yahoo.com. either way uh, I'll get that stuff out to you and then I'll get them all in the mail uh, because almost everyone that won is from out of town I'm mailing something to Wisconsin I'm mailing something to Arizona uh monongahela mike no longer lives in monongahela like it's just uh you know what? yeah wow. i know right? my world I mean, has been crushed right yeah, now right i who knew well, you but uh, you know what that says though what's that, that's a good sign that there are a lot of people not in pittsburgh listening or watching this show which is really cool we have a global audience here smitty i don't yeah. know if we i'm do waiting for somebody to be like hey can you ship something to ireland I cannot ship something <laughs> to Ireland. Well, maybe I don't know. We'll see how much it is, but uh, we'll we'll work with you. But uh, Steelers are getting big in Mexico, but I don't speak any Spanish. We we need a, we need another podcast for that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I am Zachary Smith, PGH. We're going way off the rails now, so let's stop right here before that happens too much. But when you get Alan and I together, this is bound to happen. Um, so yeah, thank you for watching and listening to this episode. Like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. If you are listening somewhere else, be sure to leave us a five-star review as well. We will be back tomorrow to talk about whatever the Steelers decide to provide us with during Tomlin Tuesday, Tomlin Tuesday. or anything else. Yeah. But until then, for Alan Saunders, I'm Zachary Smith. Thanks for jumping in and taking another ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive. We'll